Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week. One of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello! And today, we're going to learn all about penguins and earthquakes. I'll be your guesser today, and Paige will be the researcher. Let's get rebutted. Hello. Hello? Hello? Not this joke again. Are you ready? This is my redemption episode. I said I would talk about penguins in the, what was it, the goose episode? And I said I would talk about earthquakes in the volcano episode. I am delivering today. I'm ready for it. This is a two-in-one. Are we going to learn about pools, like rooftop pools in this episode? No, we're going to do that next time! Double redemption. Uh Just have a laundry list of things I I gotta research. <sighs> well, so about penguins. Yeah, tell me about penguins. I love penguins. Do you? I do. Did you see that they went on a field trip to the Friends Experience in Chicago? Did they? They did. I don't even like Friends, but like it's a very cute video. Aw. Well, the first half of this is gonna be talking about like the species of penguins, and then I just have some miscellaneous penguin questions. Okay. So without further ado, where do penguins live? They live in a few different places and they also kind of migrate too. So like you think of them in Antarctica, but they also like wash up alive in places like Chile. They wash up alive. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, like every couple of years you see um you see like news articles about like penguins coming to shore in like Chile or Argentina and, <laughs> and, and people like see them. They're like people at the beach. Cause like people think of penguins as like cold weather animals, but then like sometimes yeah. they're also in warm weather. And so, <laughs> and so like, they just, people are at the beach having a time and they see a penguin and they're like, Oh my God, that's a penguin. You talk and- about them. Like they got shipwrecked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so like you hear in the news, like they like people will take this penguin home and put it in their bathtub as they like <laughs> call like like various wildlife refuges to try to figure out who can come rescue these penguins. So to answer your question, <laughs> penguins can live in a number of places that are not just Antarctica. I I don't know how to explain this, but you got to the right answer in the most backwards way possible. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. So yeah, penguins mostly live in Antarctica, but they actually live in every continent that's like in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, like Australia. And they didn't like just wash up there. Like there's actual steady populations of different penguins in Chile, Argentina, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, places like that. 
Yeah. There's actually one, only one species of penguin that lives in the northern hemisphere. Oh. Can you guess the country where it lives? Um, is this a, is this like close to the equator or really far from the equator? This is basically on the equator. Okay. Um, is it, uh, Ecuador? Close. Oh. Uh, is it Argentina? No. Do you want a hint? Yes. Charles Darwin. Oh, um, Madagascar. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, 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 the Galapagos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The Galapagos are part of Ecuador. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah Ecuador's right. <laughs> so, okay. Ecuador is right. It's the Galapagos penguin. Yeah. They live on the Galapagos Islands, and it's, like, right on top of the equator. They grow up to 19 inches, and they weigh about five and a half pounds. So cute. Yeah. And, like, you know, normally we think of, like, oh, penguins only live in frigid climates. That's not true, though. These guys are, like, kicking it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, according to the World Wildlife Organization, they are endangered, though. Yeah. Very sad. Must protect our tiny friends. Is there going to be any talk of puffin in this episode? No, a puffin is not a penguin. I know, I know. So now I have to talk research pools and puffins. <laughs> but specifically rooftop earthquake swimming pools. I don't know if I can make an entire episode about that. It's going to yeah. just have to be swimming pools. Yeah. How many species of penguins are there? Um, I'm going to say 15. Very close. 16. Yeah. Oh, very close. There are 18 or 19 species of penguins, depending on how deep into the penguin discourse you are. I am going to take, I, I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to take the position that there are 19. Okay, well, let me explain the discourse. Okay. There are some scientists who think that the eastern rockhopper penguin is just a subspecies of the southern rockhopper penguin and therefore don't count as its own species. Where do they reside? I have no idea. I did not check. Okay, well, I'm going to stay with what I said, and um, there are 19. What are a penguin's predators? Oh, um, walrus? Okay. Um, other large birds? Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps sharks and um, I'm just thinking back to uh, I don't know, like Ice Age or something or like um, perhaps uh, climate change climate change isn't a predator but you got some of them okay I don't know about walruses um, giant birds, I think, is a sometimes. Shark is a definitely. Mm. But the main thing they have to worry about is... Oh my god, is it humans? No. <laughs> it's not humans, don't worry. <laughs> is seals. Oh, yep, yep. Especially leopard seals. Oh. Okay, I don't know if you watch... Do you remember March of the Penguins? 
Yes. And I, I don't know why I was like so viscerally opposed to that movie for such a long time. Um, but I, I did eventually watch it like a few years ago and it was very good. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but there is like a whole section about leopard seals in that movie. And let me just say leopard seals are terrifying. (laughs) They are definitely efficient predators. Their coat is spotted like a leopard's. They can get up to 10 feet in length and they mostly hang around Antarctica but they've also been seen in Australia and the southern tips of South America. But other than like different kinds of seals, uh, killer whales also, and sea lions. Nice. Terrifying. What is the biggest penguin species? The emperor penguin. Yeah. They get to about three and a half feet tall and can weigh up to 90 pounds. Wow. Oh, yes. Large lads. And they live in Antarctica exclusively. Wow. I love penguins. Penguins are very cool. Yeah. What's the smallest penguin species? Oh. Um, is it the Australian dwarf penguin? You're surprisingly close. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the little blue penguin the little blue penguin yeah or just the little penguin Aww. and they only grow to about a foot tall what? and they only weigh about three pounds that is so cute and they live in new zealand Aww. so it's a tiny bird for a tiny country did you see well i sent you that picture of like the thick penguin skin right you you never actually send it to me I just stumbled upon it on Facebook by myself oh okay I just keep thinking back to that picture during this episode I mean if you want we can talk a little bit about it but I don't have any questions revolving around it I mean really all there is to know is that like penguins need lots of insulation and therefore their skin and their feathers are very very thick yeah what I can tell you is yes thick feathers and thick blubber not only for insulation but for buoyancy. Ah, that is your penguin fact of the day. Wow. True or false? Penguins are omnivorous. True. False. Oh, are they carnivorous? Yeah, 100% carnivores. Oh, wow. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about like Antarctic penguins. Oh, that's true. There's probably not much plant life in the bottom of the ocean in Antarctica but they eat krill fish and squid nice oh my god imagine well wait a second I have a question okay so penguins do they really swim deep enough to catch a squid not all squid species live super deep underwater oh some of them especially a lot of squids I think are nocturnal so they just come closer to the surface at night okay don't fact check me on it because I'm not 100% sure it's true yeah but not all squids are like deep diving squids you know okay so like I'm just like imagining a penguin searching for food and seeing a squid and like hunting it I don't know that's like such a funny image to me squids also aren't all like gigantic you know I know I know I know yeah it's still just a really funny image. Gotta do a squid episode. Now. Yeah, we do. We yeah. God, add it to the list. 
imagine like being in the ocean just like swimming at the beach or something and like seeing a squid I would be like whoa yeah (laughs) (laughs) I never imagined encountering a a live squid in real life yeah I know I never really thought about it but now I'm like that's I mean I like squid squids are cool but like for some reason that thought is freaking me out a little bit because like the thing is squids are like super elusive too like they don't like seeing people of course yeah they like playing clarinet yeah and like painting art and going exactly they're very reclusive they like to live in a monument so seeing them not in their monument and or at a fast food restaurant is very unlikely yeah we have to go on a squid hunt (laughs) add it to the road trip (laughs) (laughs) No specific state, just squid hunts. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Okay. Do penguins have knees? No. They do have knees. Oh. They're just built kind of weird. Yeah. I actually, like, looked up a picture of a penguin skeleton for this, and from what I can see, my untrained eye, their thigh bones are just, like, super tiny, which makes their knees start at like the bottom of the ribcage, mm. which is why they waddle so awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> However, waddling is very energy consuming. So what they'll do instead is they'll slide around on their bellies, very which cute. knee ribs are actually super useful for. <laughs> knee ribs. Yeah, knee ribs. It lets them push off with more force. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Why can't penguins fly? Well, their wings just weren't developed for that. Their bodies weren't developed for that. Like they're they're thick boys. Um, so they just don't like aerodynamically, it's just not a thing for them. They are swimming birds. They're also very thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the third time you said that. <laughs> Generally, yeah, it's they're thick and they're just built different. Yeah. <laughs> More specifically, it's the feathers and their bones. So flying birds uh, typically have special feathers called flight feathers, um, which are good for catching air and flying. Penguins don't have flight feathers, but they have like little stiff feathers on their wings, which help them move faster in the water. Mm. And then flying birds also have hollow bones, which makes their bodies lighter and more energy efficient to fly. Mm-hmm. Again, penguins be thick boys. They got that marrow. Yeah, they got a lot of marrow. They got solid, dense bones, which doesn't let them fly, but it lets them control their buoyancy. Mm. Which, as we know, swimming is basically water flying. So, yeah, they can fly. They just do it in the water. Yeah. Also, this is what the article said, not me. Flipper can also be used as a weapon in hand-to-hand penguin combat. Yes. So I don't know why they're fighting, but they fight with their flippers. They got to fight over their girlfriends. Probably, yeah. Speaking of girlfriends, are there gay penguins? Yes. Yes, there are gay penguins. According to Wikipedia, it's happened a few times. And you'll get a little mad in just a sec, but first time was in 1911 when an explorer named George Murray Levick saw two Adelie penguins engaged in quote-unquote 
homosexual behavior. <laughs> and he described it as depraved. And the story was actually hidden and oppressed for an entire 100 years until the report about it was unearthed in 2012. I have a recollection of this. I feel like we probably learned about this at some point. It's also been seen in zoos. It's usually like two penguins will get together, they'll bond, and they'll take care of an egg. Aww. The Wikipedia entry is in the sources, so if you want to read about all the times it's happened, feel free. Every single time <laughs> penguins have relationed homosexually, every single time has been documented. It's actually really well documented, <laughs> so I think you might be right. I don't zoos, know about that. Like There's maybe a, in zoos, maybe yeah, in zoos specifically, tagged penguins maybe, but like otherwise, I don't think we know. We have no idea how much they're getting it on in the wild. There could be two male penguins f-ing right now, and we never know. That's so true. Yeah, and lastly, to kind of go back to our geese episode, yeah, has a penguin ever killed anyone? Yes. I scoured the first page of the Google results for like a solid 10 minutes and I could not find any tragic stories of penguins drowning divers or biting and pecking humans to death. So no, we are safe. Okay. For now. Yeah. Time for a word for our sponsors. Do you love penguins? Do you wish you could have one as a pet? Is it illegal to have a penguin where you are as a pet? then you need the virtual penguin. The virtual penguin. Simply open the box, take out the disc, press the button, and you have your very own holographic penguin pet. You only need to press the button once and watch as the penguin comes to life and walks around your house. You can pet this penguin, you can feed it fish, but you don't have to worry about incarceration because of your penguin infatuation. Bonus, if you call right now, you can get the virtual squid. You can choose to keep the squid as a pet, or you can feed it to your holographic penguin. Watch as your holographic penguin uses its natural hunting abilities, just like on the nature shows. But it's not real. The Virtual Penguin. Only available in Antarctica. Welcome back. Hey. It's time for rapid fire. All right, let's do this. This is how this works. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as she can. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. Are you ready? Ready, Freddy. What is the most common type of color blindness? The red green cones. How many albums does Panic at the Disco have? Pretty odd, Vices and Virtues. That one, that one, that one, six. Universally, what is the least favorite color? Uh, gray. What is the rainiest month in in the United States? April. What is the smallest dog breed? Teacup poodle. How many pillows does the average American use in their bed? Four. What are staples typically made of? Metal. Type of metal? Aluminum. What is the likelihood of getting a double egg yolk? Uh, 10%. What does GIF stand for? Uh, generated integral farts. We're out of time. Farts? 
gotta double check the panic at the disco one because i panicked at the disco uh yes did you see that wonderful text i sent you yesterday i think so of panoramic at the disco oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes coming up with a different panic at the disco was okay so i was kind of correct there are six studio albums okay but there are four live albums and two compilation albums so i don't know how you want to count it i'll put a sound effect here to give you a pass for it but you're incorrect in the rapid fire (laughs) (laughs) i think that's fair okay let's talk about earthquakes yes have you ever felt an earthquake unfortunately i don't think i have i don't think that's unfortunate i would love to experience it earthquake simulator that's what the ad should have been (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i've ever felt an earthquake I have this very visceral memory. I think I was like maybe 14, so after the science fair. And it was like maybe three in the morning and I was like laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. And it suddenly just felt like there was like a tank rolling outside because like the ground was rumbling. I was like, is that an earthquake? And then the next day I went to school. I was like, did you guys feel anything at like three in the morning last night? And everyone was like, we were asleep. We didn't feel anything. I was like- earthquake well did you like look at you can like look that up I wasn't smart enough to do that so I have no idea if it actually happened that's true you were not really googling back then I didn't become like an internet using person until I was like 17 yeah that's true (sighs) anyway what causes an earthquake well (laughs) going back to our volcano episode yeah there's a shift in the plates and they rub up against each other like the homoerotic penguins. And and that causes the ground to go rumble, rumble. Pretty much. And I also included some homoerotic penguins in my explanation of it. So I'm obligated to read it to you. Okay. Tectonic plates are rubbing up against each other because they love each other. But they get stuck because of friction between the two, which stresses the plates out. So they go to couples therapy, they try to sort through it, and everything just keeps getting more stressed and it gets worse and worse and worse until finally the stress overcomes the friction, which makes one plate slip up and cheat on their partner, which lets out a massive burst of energy causing the earthquake. Wow. How are earthquakes measured? On the Richter scale. Yeah, that's half of it. Um... Okay, so you already know what the Richter scale is, but... Yeah, it's... and then they, they they measure, like, the seismic waves. Yeah, but what tool do they use? Oh, um... Uh, what's it called? Um, I've definitely known this before. I think it's something we've learned in specifically the seventh grade. I think you're right, actually. Um, and they, they mention it in an episode of Full House, too. I think you're right, yeah. Because they have one on part of the set design. They have one near the front door. Yeah. But I don't remember what it's called. Oh, well, is it, wait, 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 the, the seismometer. The you're seisma... S- <laughs> the seismatron. <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. It's called a seismograph. Yeah, a seismograph. Yeah, it's a device that is used to measure seismic waves that happen during the earthquake. And... The Richter scale is how we determine the severity of an earthquake. 
Richter scale ranges from zero to nine and anything above a 4.5 is considered dangerous and anything above a nine is considered an anomaly. Wow. Yeah. And then wasn't the earthquake in Japan like an 8.5 or something? I don't know how bad that one is specifically, but we will talk about a particularly severe earthquake later in the episode. I'm looking it up right now. It was a it was between a 9 and a 9.1. So that is what we call a bad lad of an earthquake. True. How many earthquakes typically happen in a year? Total? Yeah, and it's a very big number. Yeah, it's so- a lot. It's a lot. Because, I mean, there's earthquakes every single day. Um, yeah. Like, all over the planet. Um, because a lot of them you just don't feel. So, I'm going to say in, in a given year, there's got to be, like, at least 500. It is 20,000. Wow. So which equates to about 50 a day. Okay. And get this. Yeah. About half of them happen in California. <laughs> that does not shock me. No, but it's just, like... Well, because California sits on, like, multiple fault lines. Yeah. So California gets a lot of action in the tectonic plate world. It's like that episode of Full House when Stephanie developed PTSD and then they resolved her PTSD in the span of one episode. And they also addressed the stigma of mental health because Danny was, like, anti-therapy. But then Jesse and Joey were like, no, you got to take her to someone. It's a lot to cover in a 24-minute episode. It was a very special episode. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good episode. (laughs) Um, but yeah, a lot of the earthquakes tend to be so weak that you can barely feel them and they barely measure on the Richter scale. So they largely go unnoticed. And it's the big boys that happen once in a blue moon. or They're the ones that we actually talk about. Yeah. So the United States has the most earthquakes. That's just a given fact, considering how much action California gets. Which is pretty interesting, all things considered. Yeah, Alaska's also a, a big earthquake hub oh, spot, yeah. which I did not know like going into this. Yeah. But a ton of bad earthquakes actually happen in Alaska. Mm. Um, but what country do you think has the least earthquakes? Which country has the least earthquakes? Um, Afghanistan. Pretty close. Yeah, I was thinking it's got to be in like the Middle East somewhere, right? Yeah, because there aren't that many, like, fault lines over there. Um, it's in Qatar. Oh, okay. According to worldatlas.com. Wow. They don't get a lot of floods either, but they get a lot of sandstorms. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, but hey, no earthquakes. It's also super hot over there. True. Hottest temperature in the world was reported in Qatar. Oh, that's pretty cool. What was it? It's like 122 degrees Fahrenheit or something. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Imagine like being outside in that if you stood out there long enough you could probably cook yourself yeah like serve yourself to cannibals you could like melt an entire bowl of chocolate oh yeah like dip some strawberries in it Um, new project new new road (laughs) trip item guitar (laughs) yeah god no they would not survive the heat there um, when was the worst earthquake recorded and what country was it in? And I'll give you a hint, it was not Japan. Was it Chile? Was Chile? Yeah. Can you guess when it happens? Um, well, okay, so it sounds like the the Richter scale was already invented at that point. Mm-hmm. So um was it in our lifetime? 
Um, it was in, I think, your parents' lifetime specifically, but not mine. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say 1962. So close. 1963. Wrong way. 61. One more. 60. 1960. Wow. In Chile, it registered 9.5 on the Richter scale. Jesus. And supposedly, like, the tremor could be felt, like, around the world. It was that bad. Whack. I know, right? I like, I'm so curious. <laughs> and it caused, like, a bunch of aftershocks. It was such a mess. Wow. Heart goes out to the people in Chile. That yeah. Are old I... enough to have recollections of that. Baby boomers of Chile. Are you okay? Baby boomers. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Chile was, was affected by the baby boom, though. Do you have any proof whatsoever to support that? Uh, the reason why it's called the baby boom is because the soldiers came home from World War II and just right. fucked all their wives to high heavens. You're going to have so many times to censor in the last couple episodes. I know, right? But... I don't know if Chile was involved in World War II. <laughs> I, the sociologist in me is like, I feel like Chile had at least a little bit of a baby boom. Okay, future me, I'll rapid fire myself. Was Chile involved in World War II? And we'll find out later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can earthquakes happen on other planets? Yeah. They can. Not on like gas planets. Um, yeah, but like le- like like solid planets. Yeah, there's been recorded seismic activity on both Mars and the Moon. Imagine like moonquake. Yeah, like imagine going to the Moon for a vacation and like you get to feel a moonquake. I don't think I would want that experience, but yes, one can only imagine. I desperately want that experience. <laughs> I want to be looking at Earth as the ground shakes beneath me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listeners, you- <laughs> this is a double episode recording. <laughs> Well, you will be displeased to find out that there are not nearly as many, like, moonquakes and varsquakes as there are earthquakes. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so you might, so I hate to damper your day, but you might not actually be able to get to feel a moonquake. I'm just saying, like, on the moon, in my spacesuit, doing some, like, moon jumping, right? And then, right as I land... The ground goes shaky shake. (laughs) And because there's like less gravitational pull, because the ground rumbles and I'm kind of like small, like the rumble just makes me like, makes me float like just a little bit. You get flung into space. (laughs) Um, The reason why there's not as much seismic activity isn't like quite known. It could just be, we don't have good enough tools to measure it more accurately or like earth is just very geolog is it geologically yeah geologically active but regardless it's a thing and there's also things called starquakes but those fall into a very terrifying different category that sounds like even better than a moonquake first of all you can't land on a star second of all you don't i don't think you're going to want to be on the star when the starquake happens <laughs> 
I mean, probably not, but like, it's a really cool concept. If landing on the star didn't kill you, the star quake would probably kill you. That's how I want to die. <laughs> star quake. Star quake, star yeah. quake baby. <laughs> Can earthquakes be predicted? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. You're right in the fact that you aren't sure because scientists aren't sure either. (laughs) (laughs) I love this episode. (laughs) According to USGS.gov, there's strong anecdotal evidence dating all the way back to ancient Greece of all sorts of animals ranging from rats to snakes to centipedes like leaving their nests and heading for cover like just days before earthquakes happened and the same article also points to a story where there was there were small insignificant tremors happening in China a few days before a large earthquake but because of the small quakes people decided to sleep outside for the night and they were spared because the earthquake happened and all their homes crumbled well i hate that they lost their homes yeah i mean it would not surprise me if animals other than humans can detect that an earthquake is coming. Um, I don't like the phrase strong anecdotal evidence because, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a contradiction in terms. That's why scientists aren't sure. And it's like, the thing is, most earthquakes aren't preceded by these little itty bitty quakes and it could be like these little itty bitty quakes that the animals are reacting to that's kind of what i was thinking like they can feel earthquakes that we can't necessarily yeah in fact about those poor chinese people um there was another earthquake like i don't know when but happened afterwards that did not have itty bitty earthquake warnings and so the people decided to sleep inside and they got killed Oh, God. I don't know when this was. You're going to have to ask USGS.gov. And lastly, what should you do in the event of an earthquake? Well, get low if you can, like go underground if that's a possibility. Uh, But but not, but but don't do that if it's not like an earthquake shelter, because otherwise it'll crumble. I was going to say, I think you're thinking of tornadoes. (laughs) Um you should perhaps go outside like leave your structure you want to protect your head like crouch down Uh, (laughs) i feel like i'm combining like every type of storm precaution (laughs) (laughs) Um, um a lot of buildings like in california like they have an earthquake code so like the building won't necessarily crumble but um, yeah, you want to protect your head. Well, here's the thing about like natural disaster readiness. Most of the time, it's not like the disaster itself that you have to be wary of. It's falling structures due to the elements. Yeah. So that's why they're probably all so similar. Um, if you live in an earthquake prone area, the first thing you should do, like even before the earthquake is make an emergency kit with rations and medical supplies and blankets and what have you that you'll be able to access in the event of an earthquake. Just put it in a place that you think you'll be able to get to. When an earthquake actually happens, if you're outside, get away from any buildings, 
and like hide under a tree or something just don't go near buildings don't go try to go inside and here's where I'm about to rebut you okay if you're inside do not go outside okay you at that point you're just safer in the building and try to hide under something that's more structurally stable like a doorway or a table and then curl up face down and protect your head and neck either with your hands or like a pillow I cannot stress enough do not try to go outside because you're way more likely to be hit by something like a piece of sheetrock it's just safer if you stay in there and accept your fate and those are just the basics, but you can find a more in-depth guide in the sources. That's all I got. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know, um, have you ever found a penguin at the beach? And do you want to experience a moonquake? Have you ever experienced a regular earthquake? Yeah, and if so, did you die? Are you typing to us in the afterlife? Yeah, I want to know. And American Citrus Council. Fuck you. (laughs) We're done we're done talking about american citrus council i don't care how many things i have to censor when i'm editing this week and uh canadian listeners thank you for your continued support (laughs) can't believe you memed our canadian listeners i love our canadian listeners i love all of our listeners no matter where they're from um i'm just noting the uptick in canadian listenership where are our Brazilian listeners at? Yeah, hey Brazil, what's going on? How's Rio de Janeiro? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, one last reminder to our Chilean baby boomers. <laughs> How are you doing? We just want to check in. Oh, also, I think the week that this is coming out, Passover is that Saturday. So happy Passover. Oh, yeah, happy Passover. <laughs> I love Passover. Go find that Afi Komen. Um, don't go to large social gatherings unless you've all been vaccinated. Um, it's okay to skip Seder. It is, in fact, it is extra Jewish if you do not go to Seder if it is not safe to do so given the coronavirus. If you do go to Seder, though, I hope you have a happy Seder. Yes, have a wonderful Seder. Um send me you know what i want you to send me your jelly fruit slices and your matzah toffee oh my god (laughs) i am so serious like serious inquiries only if you have some extra jelly fruit slices and matzah toffee let me know i want it unfortunately we do not have a p.o box we do not have a p.o box but um we'll figure it out see you next week bye bye hadn't even thought about it oh it falls in your court now sister (laughs) (laughs) you got you have to include that somewhere (laughs) i'll put it in the end (laughs) hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 